welcome here to Kingdom. We are so glad that you have come to join us today. Those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Elsa Marie Rodriguez, and I am... I've been the office manager here at Kingdom since the beginning, and I'm also the kids director. So the kids church, they're having the two services that you guys have, that's, I'm over that as well. Um, I am married to my amazing husband, Isaac Rodriguez, right here on the front row, giving the thumbs up. We've been married six and a half years, seven years in March, next year, uh, how time has flown, good, the bad, and the ugly. Those of you that have been married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But God is good, and he's faithful to the end of time. Um, so, and I like to always give honor where honor is due. I like to give honor to my brother, Pastor Josh, and he might be out doing something somewhere. But I like to give honor to him, uh, thanking him for allowing me to come and minister on this stage. I always take it with uh, very caution and care because... To me, this is such a holy place and being able to share the gospel with you guys. So thank you for allowing me to hear you, to, uh, speak to you today and for you guys to hear me, what the Lord is saying today. Uh, this message is a very weighty message and I can't wait to share what God has been sharing with me to share with you. Um, I'd like to give honor to my parents, Pastor Marcus and Pastor Letitia as well, for raising me up in the way of the Lord and the way of righteousness. Um, I'm a challenger by heart, so God bless them. I challenged them in many different ways. Uh, they first started ministry uh, about 18 years ago. My father way further before that, dedicating babies on the, uh, and the mail route and, you know, doing, leading people to the Lord in their homes. And so I, I'm thankful for the lineage that God has allowed me to be in. And so myself, I'm not new to ministry. I've been in the ministry for 18 years. Eight of those years, I was a youth pastor and doing ministry for so long. So I kind of know what I'm doing. So this isn't my first rodeo. Um, so just thank you guys for having me here today. So the message that has, the Lord has laid on my heart is waking up to the Holy Spirit. Let's, I'm going to say that, waking up to the Holy Spirit. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for another day of life, and I thank you, Father, that you're doing a new thing here in Odessa, Texas, that you're doing a new thing here at Kingdom Church. So, Father, today as we are here and hearing your message, Father, let it come straight from your throne room, straight from the fire that it dwells inside of you. Let it come here onto the stage. We pray, Father, that you would open up the heavens today, that we may have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and doing here in Odessa, Texas, here in the United States, and here at Kingdom Church Father, we just give you glory and honor because we thank you for this new thing. God, tenderize our hearts, tenderize our spirits in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen, amen. So today we're talking about waking up to the Holy Spirit. So I don't know about you, but I love coffee. Coffee is one of my favorite things. I know I got a sister, amen. I love coffee, and my grandmother probably was the first one that gave me coffee. We didn't really grow up drinking coffee, not until I got into high school. My mom started making more coffee. But one of the best things is waking up to a cup of coffee and smelling the aroma in the air. Maybe you have the, you know, those ones that you can manage at nighttime, and the next morning it starts brewing by itself, and you wake up. <sighs> smelling the aroma of coffee, or maybe not just that. Maybe you like to stop by Starbucks, and you, you're in line. You know, how many of you have been in line at Starbucks, and that window opens, and you can smell 
that coffee, and you're like, that is the Lord. That is the Lord. But we're talking about waking up to the Holy Spirit. And so when, when we give praises to God, the Bible talks about that it is aroma to his presence. So I think it's probably coffee. <laughs> but it's beautiful aroma to the presence of the Lord. So that's why I like to kind of associate waking up to the Holy Spirit. But like I said, this message is a little bit weightier, and I like to start it off with a little bit of a funny jokes in here, and then I like to joke around too, so I'll be joking around throughout the message. But the Holy Spirit wants us to wake up to him and speaking to him. It is so important that we are hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying, because the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to have a relationship with us, and he's a part of God, right? He's a part of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but he's one, but yet he's his own, right? We don't know how that works, but the Lord does, right? Our mind is not his mind, and our thoughts are not his thoughts. So the Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with us and to tell us things about what's happening and what's not happening, and he wants us to be in tune with him. Today's message is about what the Holy Spirit is saying in this season. The season that we've entered into, it, there's been a shift in the spiritual. I don't know if any of you guys have felt that. We got through with our 21-day fast probably about a month ago, and the last night we could just feel the shift in the supernatural. You, you could feel it. But in this season, we need to be prepared and ready to see what the Holy Spirit is doing. And not only just the shift from the fast, you can see it in our nation. You could see it walking out those doors. You can see it going into the stores. You can see that shift. And some of you are feeling that shift in your families. It is not a coincidence that there's been that shift because the enemy wants to take you out. I'm jumping ahead of my message. Let's, let's go ahead and go to Romans chapter 13. I love reading the word of God. So we're at church. We're going to read the word of God today. We're going to read a lot. So y'all stay with me in Romans 13 verses 11 through 14. And this is the, the, the word. I was listening to some prophets that I like to listen to, the glory of Zion and Dallas. And, and this was a scripture that was brought up, but it was a timely word and a timely message. So we're going to read it. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to awake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in the orgies and the drunkenness, not in the sexual immoralities and the sensuality, not in the quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify the desires." In this season, we need to be so focused as to what the Lord is doing and not allow the enemy to distract us with the things going on from the left and the right. And we need to come to repentance and asking the Holy Spirit, Father, what can I repent from? Holy Spirit, help me to be in right standing with the Father. What can I do to be better? How can I live right with you, God? In America, we have a spiritual sleepiness. And God wants to wake us up. In America, we have spiritual sleepiness, and God wants us to wake up. 
And what do I mean about spiritual sleepiness, right? You're like, well, I, well, I think we in this world, we have all these modern, you know, modern technology. Thank God. First world problems. I can't send my text message. Really? You can't send a text message, right? You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. We're very comfortable here in America. And even the most poorest person here in America is much richer than anybody else around the world. We in America are very blessed, and because we have all these things, which are not bad, okay, I'm going to be the first to tell you I love all these things, okay? (laughs) But what I am saying is that it can make us sleepy, and it can make us not sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to what God is doing in this time and in this season. So we need to make sure that our ears are open and our antennas pointed to the Holy Spirit to share with us what, what we need to do in this time, in this season, so I, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about a ministry that I, I really love. I have a friend of mine that is a missionary in this particular, well, she was a missionary, but now she's, she's a missionary in Turkey. But she, she was a part of this ministry, and it's called uh, the Frontier Alliance International. And the Frontier Alliance International, their goal is to be able to spread the gospel across uh, the Middle East, Iran, Iraq, a, uh, Lebanon, Turkey, that all that area, okay? So there's, there's a particular uh, movies that are out that this particular Frontier Alliance International that they made, and it's called Sheep Among Wolves, and they have volume one and volume two. If you want your ideology shook up, watch these movies. Oh my gosh. Yesterday I was watching, I was like bawling my eyes out because I could feel the anointing of the believers in these other countries. The things that they're willing to give up for the gospel. Not just for the gospel, but for their walk with Jesus Christ. They will give up everything. They said when they gave themselves to the Lord, that they lost their rights. They lost their right to live. They lost their right to live openly because in Iran right now, it's probably one of the most heavily persecuted countries in the world right now. But let me tell you, it's one of the fastest growing Christian communities in the entire world. The fastest growing Christianity in the world is happening in Iran. Can you believe that? They're starting house churches all over Iran. There are some leaders that are a part of this underground church. Um, if you watch some of these, uh, the the Sheep Among Wolves, Volume 1 and Volume 2. And Volume 2 talks about a woman who uh, is a leader in the underground church in Iran. She had the opportunity, her and her husband, to you know, leave Iran. They came to America, and they were here, and then they were happy. And then all of a sudden, the wife said, I don't want to live here anymore. I, I, I can't live here anymore because there is a satanic lullaby in this land. All the Christians here are sleepy, and I am beginning to become sleepy. This believer who is sharing the gospel in Iran, people are getting saved left and right. I could tell you stories. I have a friend of mine who has been a missionary over there, and she was with one of her friends who fled Iran because of religious persecution, an actual story, fled. And he was talking to and FaceTime to a sister that is in Iran right now, And she got off the phone. She says, I want what's in your eyes. I want what you have. And I don't know what you have, but there's something that you have that I want. And shortly after that, she got saved. And then she started ministering to her brother. And then he got saved. I don't know about you, but I don't see stuff like that happen in America like that. 
Usually you have to work on them. Okay, come on, come to church. And, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been ministering to them for a long time. And then something happens. And you're like, oh, my gosh, all the work, you know. But there in Iran, the harvest is ripe. They're so hungry for what the Lord is doing because they see what, who Jesus is and they can see the brightness in people's faces. I don't know about you, but I want to walk around and I want people to see the brightness in my eyes. I want the people to see that I love Jesus and that I have a passionate relationship with him. But my friends, this is not just happening in Iran. There's religious persecution. When these, when these Iranian believers, when they choose to serve the Lord, this is the conversation that they have with their spouses. If the, the secret police comes into their homes, they will barge in, they will rape the women in front of their spouses, and then they will beat up the spouse, and then they will kill them because they serve Jesus. And the husband has to say, okay, honey, if he's raping you and if they're raping you in front of me, what do you want me to do? These are the questions that they have to have because they serve Jesus. How many of you are that desperate for serving Jesus? We're blessed in America. We're very blessed. Serving Jesus in other countries is not the same as serving Jesus here. Thank God, okay? Thank God. This is a blessed nation. Let me tell you, this is a blessed nation that we can serve Jesus the way that we serve Jesus. But there are different things around the world. Uh, Back five years ago, many of you have heard there were some Coptic Christians, which are Christians from Egypt. They were kidnapped from Egypt, and they were taken to Lebanon, and they were executed on the beach, execution style. Because they served Jesus. In Nigeria, up to date, this year alone, in 2020, in the beginning of January to July 3rd, 600 Christians have been killed in Nigeria. And here in America, we're sitting comfortably. Can you see how we as Americans become sleepy? And I'm not trying to mean that in an ugly way. But you see how easy it is for us as believers to become sleepy and easy because we can come to church very easily and these believers are hiding. But I, I want to tell you this, Kingdom Church, we do, support a church, we do support persecuted Christians. We support the voice of the martyrs. We give Kingdom Church gives money, the voice of the martyrs, uh, uh, open doors. So those are some ministries. So you guys are helping these persecuted Christians around the world. Take heart in that. Kingdom Church gives to these ministries, and we're giving, helps gives them tools to be able to continue to share the gospel. So thank God this, we're, in, we're in America, right, that we're believers in America. That means we have more responsibility. That means we have uh, more challenges. And so here's the deal. In each nation, city, and state, there are what's called principalities and strongholds, and they're, they reign, there's demonic strongholds, satanic strongholds over each part of the United States. But unfortunately, the United States has a special tailor-made satanic stronghold on America. It's everywhere. It's all all over, but in America, there's special ones. Um, I I like to take and read Ephesians 6.12, and I'll kind of confirm with what I'm saying. Ephesians uh, 6.12 reads... For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces and evil and heavenly places. The enemy is so strategic that he says, hmm, over the city of Odessa, I think we'll put the spirit of greed, right? You have the oil filled a lot of times. We see, we see that a lot. Spirit of greed reigns over this. City. And as, as believers, we've got to come against that spirit so that it doesn't reign in this city. Here in America, we have certain principalities that rule over our nation, and I'm going to list them. This is just a small list. I'm sure there's many more, but these are the ones that kind of the Lord shared with me. Some American principalities that reign is pride, greed, victim. It's not my fault. I was, it's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. How many of y'all seen that, right? Laziness. Gluttony, and I'm not talking about gluttony of food, but I'm talking about just one more makeup palette. I'm talking to myself, right? I already have like 10 makeup palettes at home. <laughs> Where's one more makeup palette? Just one more gun. Just, just one more bite. Just one more car. Spirit of gluttony, does that make sense, y'all with me? Just one more, or just one more than the other person. Hatred, the more recent is hatred and division. Uh, these are principalities that are ruling over this nation right now. And us as believers, we have the authority to pull them down in Jesus' name. These principalities and strongholds must not rule over our lives or our families. They must not rule. Do you want any of these things in your household? Do you want any of these things in your own personal life? Let's, let's forget about everybody else. Let's worry about ourselves. Do you want any of these things ruling in your heart? I don't. These principalities can cloud and prevent the Holy Spirit from speaking to us. When we allow, and so in, in our lives, maybe we have other sins that we deal with, right? Because the Bible talks about that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. Not just you, but I'm pointing at me. We've all sinned, and I, ha I continually sin, right? Because human nature, we sin. But that's where we have to come under repentance to the Lord and repent. Say, Father, forgive me. That even though what you did on the cross, when you died on the cross, those sins that I was still going to commit, they were put on that cross. But it's still, not, it's still not a bad idea to repent every day. I think as a believer, we should be doing that. Because if we allow these things to enter into our lives, it can hinder us. And it will hinder our walk in our relationship with Jesus. Clouding affects believers, lukewarm believers, and non-believers. It affects everybody in the world. Because that's exactly what the enemy wants. The enemy, I'm talking about the devil. What is the Holy Spirit saying? What is he saying to you right now? In this season of strife and craziness, what is, what is the Holy Spirit saying in this season? What is the Holy Spirit doing? Do any of you want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing in this season? I do. And what is the Holy Spirit saying and doing in this season? Maybe not that he's doing, but there's things happening in the spiritual and we're all feeling it. And some of you are feeling it in different ways. You're feeling it in your families. You're feeling it because what people are feeling, they're feeling some kind of tightness. Everybody know what I'm talking about? People are feeling, and so then they act out and do stupid things. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Or, and you look at them, you're like, what are you doing? 
I love you, but stop. <laughs> right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. We're, we're feeling that strife. So sometimes instead of going to the Holy Spirit, the, the spirit of the flesh acts out in other ways. You see what I'm saying? So in the spiritual, what happens in the spiritual will mimic into the physical. It has to happen that way. So it happens in the spiritual. The devil is warring for you. He's warring for your thoughts. He's warring for your, th- your, your actions. He's warring for it all. So if the devil wins that fight in the spiritual, guess what's going to happen in the physical? Exactly what the devil wants. There is much strife and warfare in the spiritual right now. There's a lot of strife, and that's why we're feeling it right now. What happens in the spiritual will happen in the physical. Many of you are feeling it in the physical. You might even think, oh, it's just physical, but in fact, it is very spiritual. It's all spiritual. Actually, I'd rather just put it that way. It's spiritual. So when we try to war in the flesh and you try to tell somebody off or you try to put them in their place or you're trying to make them listen or you're trying to do it, remember, it's spiritual. So if we're talking in the physical, do you think that will work in the spiritual? Sometimes the Lord asks us to act in that way. Don't get me wrong. But we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit telling us to do? And so... The enemy is warring for your soul and your breath, your actual breath. Take a breath. He wants your life. And not just believers, but also non-believers. That's his goal. His goal is to take you out and for you to be out of place here because he knows that your voice is too strong. He knows that your relationship with him is too strong, so he wants you out of here. You stepping foot into this building tells the devil that you want more than what this world has to offer. You stepping foot in here shows the enemy that he has to work a little bit harder. But he's also working harder and very intricate and very, very particular in how he's going to put things in your path to cause you to stumble, even that much more. And I'd like to turn to 1 Peter 5, 8. And it says, okay, maybe that's not the right scripture. Okay, Elsa, get your act together. Okay, I went to 2 Peter. Okay, 1 <laughs> Peter, yell with me. 1 <laughs> Peter 5, 8. I marked my Bible in here around 5, 8. And it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The devil is literally, he's like, hmm, I see that one. I see them posting positive things on Facebook. I see them trying to act right with God. So the, the enemy is looking ready to prounce, like ready to prounce like a lion. But who's the real lion? Jesus, right? Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So he tries to imitate the things of God and switch it around. But guess what? The devil's still out there and he wants, he's waiting for the moment so that he can cause you to stumble and to crumble. We are in a crucial season in the body of Christ in America. Very, very crucial season. The devil wants you asleep spiritually. He wants you to coast, go to church, go home, be done. The devil wants you dead. I want to be straight and clear. The devil wants you dead. And the devil wants you to be with him in eternity. 
Guys, I know this is a weighty message, but this is something that the Lord has been uh, having. It's a, this has been laying on my heart of what the Holy Spirit is saying. We got to do something different because America needs this. America needs us to come to our knees. Your children need it. What are we going to be leaving for the future of America? What does God want us to do? Um, a couple a couple Sundays ago, my husband and I had the opportunity to go uh, minister at my brother-in-law's church. And this is just kind of to show you the warfare. I, I had the, my brother-in-law and my husband need to come up and speak. And let me tell you, you see how I'm speaking here today, right? I was out of breath and I could, I could barely talk. Because the warfare began to set on me and try to, try to attack me through my voice. The moment my husband stepped onto the platform to grab the microphone, his shoulder went out of socket and had to preach with his shoulder hurting like this the whole service. The enemy was trying to distract us, and that was a very big lesson for me. I learned I wasn't prepared. I was coasting. I love the Lord. I serve the Lord. I know the Lord's my God. I know that when I see the Holy Spirit steps in, the Holy Spirit is in front of me. I'm walking in the anointing, and I'm not going to allow anybody but I wasn't prepared. I should have been praying. I should have been in the spirit so that when white stepped foot into that stage, the enemy wasn't going to touch us. Now, that has nothing to do with the church. Let me make that clear. The devil will war in the church and the out of church. The enemy will war in your home and in their schools. And in your schools, the enemy, I've been on the public school campuses for more than five years. That's some of the big, strongest warfare I've ever encountered is on the public school campuses. You need to pray for your children before they step foot into those campuses. You have no idea what spiritual strongholds are in those schools and influencing your children. Also, my family, a couple of years ago, there's some crazy things that happened to us, and the enemy tried to silence our voices. The enemy, when I'm talking about the devil himself, okay, he tried to shut us out, to keep us quiet, to silence our voice. And even myself, with me and my husband, not only just over the lifetime, the devil tried to have me killed. I shouldn't be up here standing with you. At the age of 16, I should have committed suicide, and I should not be standing here. But because of the grace of God, but because the calling of God is much stronger than that of the flesh and that of the spirit. There's been a time where the enemy tried to take my voice, and I never thought I would be standing on a platform ministering the gospel again. The enemy wants to silence your voice. He wants to silence your breath because you have a calling from God and God wants to have a relationship with you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. I have a family friend of mine. Um, he, he also ministers the gospel. He goes to um, almost every single high school, campus, middle school, all over here, the Permian Basin. Uh, I got a phone call from them and they said, we want you to be in prayer for us because uh, he's... His breath, he's running out of breath, and he can't talk for a long time. We're going to go to the doctor. They go to the doctor, and there's a lump in his throat, right in his lung, that's pushing into his esophagus, into his esophagus, not allowing him to speak. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to take your breath. He wants to take your calling. He wants to take your life. The season, the time is short. We must be serious about our walk with God. But there's an end of the story. There's a good story to this friend of mine. It ended up not being cancerous. 
It ended up being a fatty tissue that, the, that can be easily fixed. Thank you, Jesus. There's some of you here today that want to call it quits, maybe even with your personal life. Some of you that might want to call it quits with the Lord because you don't know how to talk to him. The Holy Spirit is here. He is drawing nine. He wants to have a relationship with you. Now, let me tell you what's happening in the spiritual. So my husband and I, we love Israel. Oh, man, we love Israel. Um, because my Messiah... Jesus, he was a Jewish man. He's a very Jewish man. He was Jewish when he was born. He was Jewish when he died on the cross. And he's coming back a Jewish man. And he's landing on the Mount of Olives and he's going to be there. So I always want to know everything about this Jewish Jesus, my Jewish Messiah. So there's Jewish holidays that are happening in this time frame. And it is not a coincidence that I'm on this platform teaching a message like this. It was the Lord and divine for this moment and this time. Now, let me tell you, the Jewish calendar, I think it might be on the screen here in a moment, the Jewish calendar. Now, let me make this clear. Yes, the Jewish people participate in this calendar, but the Lord said this is the Lord's calendar. The Lord's calendar. So it's not just the Jewish calendar, but the Lord's calendar. So do you think maybe we should be looking at it if it's the Lord's calendar? Now, let me tell you, the Lord's calendar we recently had Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, and that happened on September the 18th, and that is the Jewish New Year. We just witnessed the Jewish New Year, right? So if everything mirrors, if Jesus is a Jewish man following a Jewish calendar, and we just had the Jewish New Year, what does that mean? Something, something's about to go down, right? It's a new year, right? Now, the thing that's happening right now is teshuva, teshuva. And teshuva is usually 10 days before the next one, Yom Kippur, okay? So right now, 10 days, the Jewish people, and I believe the body of Christ, where they come and re returning to the Lord, where they seek the Lord, asking God for repentance, they seek their hearts for 10 days. They get on their faces before the Lord asking God, where is their sin in my life? Yom Kippur is one of the highest holy days of the Jewish faith and the Lord's holiday. Yom Kippur is what they call the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement is where your sins are blotted out. Now, you're, they're blotted out according to how you fasted the full day. You know what day Yom Kippur is? Today. At nightfall. We're praying that God would forgive us. That we can come under repentance. Search our hearts. God, forgive me. Forgive my nation. Forgive my state. Forgive my city. God, forgive me in order for God so that, so that we can have full repentance of sins. And so even so, so that sin can be forgiven and that evil decrees are reversed. I don't know about you, but I want evil decrees reversed and I want the sins taken out of my life. <laughs> God wants us. So Yom Kippur is tonight. So if those of you want to take part of it, it's, it's a day of fasting from nightfall tonight to the nightfall tomorrow, just praying and fasting, asking God to forgive us and to forgive our land. 
what's really cool, there's a rabbi that I love to follow, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. He recently had a yesterday in Washington, D.C. called the return, which also means teshuva, how the Lord ordained that, right? So yesterday, 75,000 to 100,000 believers from all over the world came to Washington, D.C. to petition to the Lord for repentance. It was called the return. There was also another prayer. It was called the prayer walk. Let me see. The prayer walk 2020 at the National Mall with Franklin Graham. So there's two events. Praise God. The more, the merrier. We need more, we need more of Jesus on Capitol Hill, right? So they had two different events going, the return to Shuba, right? And then we had uh, prayer walking, walking and believing that God would shake America, that God would bring unity in America, that God would bring love in our hearts, that hatred would leave our hearts. God wants that. Uh, my brother-in-law, who we went to minister at his church yesterday, my brother-in-law, he, he went to Washington, D.C. He got to do the prayer walk. He got to walk down the National Mall. They were wearing, they're from Fort Stockton. They're from Fort Stockton. They were wearing their Fort Stockton T-shirts and they're blue and they're the Panthers as well. Yeah, blue Panthers, not black. They're blue Panthers. And so they, they had their blue Panther shirts on and they had a scripture in the back and, you know, they're excited. They're at Dunkin' Donuts. That's also another, another place of the Lord. Uh, I love Dunkin' Donuts too. <laughs> It's probably a good thing there's not a Dunkin' Donuts because it's cheaper than Starbucks. So anyways, so they're at Dunkin' Donuts and they're getting coffees and, and this woman comes up behind them and says, hey, we're, are you here for the prayer march too? And they say, yeah, they turn around. They're so excited. And she's like, and they ask, are you here for the prayer march too? She says, yes, I am also here to pray to my gods too. I am also here to pray to my gods. Lord, we need a revival in America. There was a warfare in the spirit on Capitol Hill. So, and when we come to the conclusion, she, she, was, she goes, oh, where are you from? She made it very clear she wanted to know where they were from so that she could pray against that city too. There are things in the supernatural that we know not of, but America, we have become sleepy we have become complacent with this everyday life, which is okay. I'm, I'm not trying to pray against that, guys. I, I love my everyday life. I love my home. I love my car. I love where I'm at in life. But we cannot allow the things of this world to cloud what the Holy Spirit is saying in this season. The Holy Spirit is for everybody. The Holy Spirit wants us to walk with him by side. God wants us to be strategic because the enemy is very strategic in his tactics. So we have to be that much more strategic. And in this season of the Yom Kippur, the very highest holiday, high holy day, it is not a coincidence that Pastor Joshua is having warfare this week. It is not a coincidence that pastors in the city have had warfare this week. That is why we must come and undergird pastors and leadership because the enemy wants to silence our voices. And I will tell the devil, you will not silence my voice. You will not silence my calling. You will not silence it. But let me tell you the calling that I have and the authority you too can have. And that is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said, 
peace, I'm going up, right? He didn't say peace, I'm just saying that, okay. I was a youth pastor for eight years, okay. He says, I'm going up, see you later. But he says, don't worry, I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you somebody that gives you boldness, that comes straight from the throne room of God, that the fire of the Holy Spirit can dwell in you and is the Holy Spirit. And he wants to come to you today. And he is speaking today. But are we listening? So let's go ahead, stand up as we... Oh, man, I... Man, before you stand up, we're going to keep going. Oh, man, y'all stand up. It's okay. I'm going to paraphrase this. In the, in the Old Testament, one of my favorite dudes, one of my favorite guys is Elijah. Elijah was hated by the most terrible woman in the Bible, Jezebel. And Elijah says, choose you this day whom will you serve. Choose this day. Will you serve God or will you serve Baal? He brought fire down from heaven. Well, he didn't, but God did, right? He had the power. He said, fire fall down upon the sacrifice and it fell. And then he, he raised somebody up from the dead. But did you know when Elijah stepped foot into these different cities, the prophets came out and they knew who he was. And he, right before, so many of you that may not know the story of Elijah, he went up on chariots of fire, right? He was one of the only people that never died, right? He went up in chariots of fire, but the prophets, he went to three different cities, and the prophet said, hey, you know you're about to, you're about to go up to heaven? He's like, Shh, yeah, we're going to, don't tell anybody. How many of us need to be like the prophets? When something enters our city, we identify it immediately. We need to be like the prophets of old, that when people enter into our city, that we know what spirit they have. Elisha, his his, his, he passed the mantle to Elisha. As soon as Elijah went up in chariots of fire, Elisha picked up the mantle and he had the double portion. And right when he put on the mantle, he began to go back to the city of Jericho. The prophets came out and you know what the prophets said? He has the spirit of Elijah on him. How many of you walk around with the spirit of Jesus on you? We need to know the times and the seasons that we're in. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to just pray and let the Holy Spirit move. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is very real and strong and in us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Begin to tell him, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this home. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Come into my spirit. I welcome you here. There are some of you here today that may not have given yourself to Jesus. I'd love to provide that opportunity because the Holy Spirit wants to live in you, but Jesus needs to live in you too. If you've never given yourself to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I give myself to you. Forgive me the things I've said the things I've done, and the things I've thought. I give my life to you. Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing and bringing healing to me. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. Live and reign right now in Jesus' name. And I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to do this. Um, it's Teshuvah. 
and it's returning. We need to repent. And Yom Kippur is tonight. I want to get on my knees before the Lord. And if that is you, you are welcome to do that. And we're going to repent. Father, we come and we repent. Forgive us. Forgive us the sins of our people. Forgive us for the things that we've done. Lord, let my name be inscribed in the book of life. Father, forgive me. Forgive those that are around me. I represent America. I may not have done the sin, but Father, my people have done the sin, so I take on the sin. Forgive us, for we know not what we do. Let there be revival in our land. Let there be revival in America. We thank you that the third great awakening is upon us. We thank you, Father, that the souls are coming in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, that you're calling them into this house, and you're calling them into your throne room. Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us. Let us search our hearts, O oh God. Search our hearts. Many of you are feeling the calling of God. That is the Lord, and He is speaking to you. Yes, that is the Holy Spirit speaking. What is the Holy Spirit saying? What is the Holy Spirit doing? This week, Father, as we step into a new week and a new time and a new season, let us be sensitive to your word. Let us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Father. What a wonderful service this was. I know it was a weighty message and a little bit challenging message. The Lord's made me a challenger by heart. Sorry, y'all. God loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. God bless you. I guess I will invite up Pastor Josh as we dismiss today. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Elsa. I really felt I, I needed to share something really quickly before we give the announcement. So this was a very powerful but also very poignant and sharp message. I know for many of us, it could seem, and it's just being honest, it can seem over the top. Um, is it really that bad, Elsa? Is it really, is, are these things really going on? And I think if we're honest and we ask the Holy Spirit, he'll reveal to us that, yeah, a lot of the things that are happening in our nation today, happening in our lives, are happening because there is this spiritual warfare that is going on. Truly, 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 truly. And the reason why it's news to some of us is because we're just not seeing this talked about in the mainstream church. What did we just come out of? We just came out of a series talking about um, having a relevant church, having a relevant church versus a church that is simply invested in consumer Christianity. And so this is very real. The churches in the other parts of the world, in the Middle East, in India, in China, 
they will admit that these things are happening because they talk about it and they see it. What, what Pastor Elsa was talking about is we need to understand that a spiritual warfare is going on and we have to engage it. And there's one way I think that this is just a, a simple action step. And this is something that the Lord spoke to me this past week. What she said about the enemy attacking uh, me and talking, attacking others hap- has happened this past week. And I mentioned it during worship. One of the things the Lord showed me, and I didn't know if she was going to be talking about um, uh, Elijah and, and Jezebel. But one of the things the Lord spoke to me directly is, the, uh, he, sa- he said, you have tolerated certain behavior in your life that may not be sinful, may not be bad, but something that I've asked you to change and you've not changed it. And because you are tolerating this behavior, this way of thinking, the enemy is attacking you. And I begin to, and I begin to think about this. You know, you, we would, as, as we're talking about this topic, you would think that the Bible would be more, maybe a little bit more explicit about spiritual attacks happening, right? You would hope, you would think, well, how come we don't hear more teaching? Because, and I really believe this is the reason because God does not necessarily want us to focus on the enemy. He wants us to focus on him and he will fight our battles. What he showed me is, Josh, you have allowed this thing to happen, to take place in your life. You allowed a certain behavior. You've tolerated it. And without knowing it, I just wanted you to obey. I just wanted you to not tolerate this anymore and put it to rest. And, and just like she was saying, choose this day who you're going to serve. But because you haven't, I've allowed the enemy a door, a pathway into your life to attack you in a certain area. But if you wouldn't just obey me and not tolerate a certain behavior, tolerate a certain way of thinking, I would bring victory in your life. He basically said, I don't want you to have to fight the devil. Um, um, I can do that for you, but you have to obey me. You have to not tolerate the things that I'm asking you to not tolerate. So real quickly, I want us to do this. I want you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to ask the Lord to forgive us for tolerating certain things that we know he's asked us to deal with, but for whatever reason, we haven't done it. Would you just say, dear Jesus, would you please forgive me for tolerating these things that you've asked me to deal with? Please give me the courage. Please give me the strength, the grace to do everything you are asking of me. In Jesus' name, and now one more thing, I want you just to raise your hands. We're going to ask Jesus to baptize us with his spirit and power to do these things. Just say, dear Jesus, would you please baptize me with your Holy Spirit and your power in Jesus' name. And I'm just for a few, for a few seconds, just begin to thank the Lord for giving you that strength, for giving you that power. He wants to do it. That thing, and as I was speaking, I know the Lord brought some things to your mind that you tolerated. When we ask the Holy Spirit to give us power, He gives us power over that thing. Power to do the things He's asking us to do. So Father, we thank you, God, for the grace. We thank you for the strength to not tolerate sin, to not tolerate wrong behavior, to not... Father, it may not be even sinful behavior, but something you're not wanting us to do. We thank you for the strength and the grace to not tolerate the things that you want us to get rid of or put to the side in this season. We thank you for everything you're doing. We give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone says, and everyone says, amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause one more time. Thank you, Jesus.